Welcome to Ecofin Sustainability Matters podcast, as we provide timely updates on the sustainability market. Everybody, welcome back to Sustainability Matters. This is episode four, A New Hope. Uh, we're, uh, Greg and I are coming at you from uh, different sides of the world. Uh, Greg, you're still over in London uh, for another uh, another 36 hours or so, maybe less. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, winding down, and, and Joe, you're back from your your birthday trip to Florida. So, did you get the meal you were hoping in Florida? Ah, good memory. Um, so, so the trip to Florida was was great. It was 80, 82 just about every day. It was awesome. The weather was fantastic. Um, this was this was one of those things where um, I. Re- I read it. I don't know if it was a YouTube thing or a TED talk that I uh, saw not too long ago. And it was, it was about this idea that you should, you know, the person that you were 20 years ago is not the person who you are today. And the person that you're going to be in 20 years, yeah, you may not even know who that person is. So how can you make decisions? It was more about like, how can you make decisions for somebody in 20 years that you don't even know what they're going to like? But it was, it was an instance of we ended up going and we had a really, really nice time. But um it was different and it didn't i don't know i i'm gonna say it didn't live up to expectations and part of that is you know having gone out to different dinners and, and going to different restaurants over the course of 20 years and my perceptions you know what i thought was was what i thought back in 2005 um was was different than how i think about things today so we we had a really nice time the, we, the weekend on the whole was great um we did find a um an affiliated ice cream uh, shop uh, called Chill Brothers and shout out to Chill Brothers. They had this ice cream flavor called King Cake. If you've ever had a King Cake. Uh, like New Orleans King Cake? Like, like uh, New Orleans Mardi King Cake, yeah, yeah. yes. They had a King Cake ice cream that we actually ate four times over the course of three days. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you had the celebration, just not quite the celebration you thought you were gonna. Have. It was, it was slightly, it was slightly different. Yeah. So it was a great, uh, it was a great, it was a great weekend on the whole, and it was good to do. Um, but it, I think uh, my wife and I both agree that we probably should have left, uh, left that memory back in two thousand five. Uh, in retrospect, but that's uh, that's okay. It's part of you know part of the human existence, I guess. The experience, right? Yeah, it could have been, it could have been twice as good as you remember too. So who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but yeah, but it was good to get out of Dodge for a couple of days, uh, back, uh, back the other day and, and, uh, yeah, back to this, uh, this normal doom and gloom of, uh, <laughs> of late winter, early spring weather in Chicago, uh, might have a snowstorm tomorrow, apparently. So that might be fun. Uh, so we'll see, but, uh, but things in, uh, in London have been good. You've been busy. It sounds like. Yeah, things have been great. Uh, you, you and I were just talking about before we, we jumped on and started recording that today's just been meeting after meeting after meeting. So I, I leave tomorrow morning. So trying to get things finished up here, spend a couple of days in Switzerland meeting with uh, with other heads of sustainability um, prospects, hopefully future future clients of ours, those sorts of things. I've never been to Switzerland before. Um, it's um, it's not the cheapest place in the world. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing how expensive things are going out to, to dinner and hotels and all of those, all of those things. So I'm I'm glad it was a business trip, but uh, I'm really glad I went. And and actually, some of the topics we're going to be covering today were were some of the topics that I was reading up on last weekend as I was preparing for for some of the meetings. So I think it's all really topical and, and share some of those stories as we go along in the podcast today. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, uh, you know, it's been a little bit of time since we've kind of gotten into the weeds on water a little bit. And, and I know we talked about 
um, talking water a little bit further. So we're going to uh, we're going to kind of we're going to focus this week's uh, episode on on water, uh, kind of all things water. But uh, again, from the onset, though, this is a uh, we want to put the disclaimers out there, the compliance uh, to keep our friends and compliance happy that this uh, we are not recommending any securities. We are not making any uh, suggestions that you go out and buy anything with respect to water. These are all personal opinions um, and it's not uh, it's not a suggestion, a solicitation or anything of the sort with respect to uh, what we do or just uh, marketable securities. So we're good with that. Just good man. Good, good man. The only thing we're recommending is King Cake Ice Cream. King Cake Ice Cream, Chill Brothers on South Howard. Uh, you have my full support and hopefully you keep that as a permanent flavor. Um, so you when we when we were chatting last week, you brought up a, a concept that I wasn't um, I wasn't familiar with. And it sounded a little Stephen Hawking uh, Hawking ish. Uh, Stephen Hawking, yeah, uh, or Neil deGrasse Tyson or something. Nine planetary boundaries. Um, you know, my head uh, in the weekend read. You, you probably might have seen this too. Your, my my head went immediately to the Ghostbusters uh, scene of you know, don't cross the streams. Why? Because you know it is catastrophic to the world, and like once you do that, like. All, you know, all hell breaks loose, but um, little, probably not as catastrophic as crossing the streams, but nonetheless, still catastrophic a little bit. Can you um, can you elaborate a little, Greg, on on the nine planetary boundaries and maybe some backstory on that? I, it was news. It was a new thing for me. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely, Joe. And, and you know, one of the reasons I bring it up is that in, in my typical conversations around sustainability, and at least in the investment management world, when I'm, I'm meeting with other heads of sustainability, or I'm on conference calls with uh, with some of our peers on uh, at Ceres or around the Net Zero Asset Manager, or some of the other ones, the planetary boundaries really doesn't come up as a, as a concept. And and it could be an American thing, it could be a North American thing. I'm not really sure, but one of the things I like about being able to travel over to London and spending some time on the continent is you're just exposed to new ideas. And so this was a relatively new idea that uh, I was asked about it from from one of our distribution professionals who covers Europe, gosh, probably six months ago. And she asked me what my thoughts were on the planetary boundaries. And I sort of scratched my head and was like, well, and, and I love your analogy of, of crossing the streams. And as I got into it, the, the idea, and, and this goes back, you know, gosh, um, probably 15-ish years since it was initially proposed. And the idea is that the Earth is a very complex system, as, as we know, and there are interrelations between a number of the different subsystems that are operating around around us each and every day from the oceans and water to biodiversity to um, to, to climate change, the, the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere and others. And the idea of these nine planetary boundaries are in order to keep the entire complex system working together um, from, from a practical as well as a scientific um, perspective, you need to have these nine systems functioning appropriately. And the idea was there's some boundary, there's, there's some safe operating zone around all nine. And as you cross this boundary into the unknown, you're just not sure what the effects of the system are. And you talk about the Ghostbusters. The other one that comes to my mind is, is Dr. Seuss and the Lorax, where you know the, the system starts to change and yet things are going on. It just gets worse and worse and worse until all the, all the little Lorax people move away and you've got one left. And, right. and so it's sort of this idea that there's a tipping point somewhere in the system. And as you impact 
one or more that goes further and further out beyond this boundary, you're more likely to have some sort of, of catastrophic, meaningful type events. And so the idea of the planetary boundaries is let's keep everything in that safe zone. And a lot of the work that you know, we do, we, we tend to focus on climate mit mitigation, circular economy. We, we have a few at water that we focus on um, as a firm, and, and many of those are the conversations that we have, but there are these other systems, you know, chemical pollution, uh, biodiversity, uh, ocean acidification, uh, others of the nine that uh, in thinking in terms of this complex system, I haven't spent a lot of time on. So again, something for for me to consider, something for, for us to consider, and maybe adding to the conversation. And you know, we started this because we're all on a journey, right, of, of the sustainability. So just trying to call attention to it. And those that are out there watching it might uh, might want to click on some of the links and, and do some reading. Yeah, we'll we'll include uh, links to a few of the uh, few of the articles that kind of get into the weeds a little bit on the planetary boundaries and and how that um, how that interplays with with water, um, you know, from an ocean standpoint, from a freshwater standpoint, et cetera. The, you know, where when I started reading into that a little bit, Greg, my, um, you know, I, I always try and reference um, Ghostbusters. Well, Ghostbusters. There was there was an Armageddon. Actual, uh, there's a quote I was thinking about Armageddon with the zero barrier. Um, you know, when the when the asteroid was actually going to yeah. go past the zero barrier. Um, but but you know, I try and I try and relate things to you know with relate unfamiliar things with the familiar. And what and one of the things is I was reading up on planetary boundaries and just the acidification of the oceans. Right, and my mind went a little bit more towards the. Um, uh, I guess a relatively recent documentary that I saw and, you, you know, people will argue with, you know, the facts on, on the, uh, around the documentary, but it was a, it was a show on Netflix, a documentary on Netflix, maybe a year and a half, two years ago that did, you know, got a lot of attention, uh, called Seaspiracy and Seaspiracy, you know, to me, I'm not going to say whether or not it was great and, and worthwhile, but it, it did open up my eyes a little bit with respect to ocean health and, it ties into the planetary boundaries to the degree that, you know, from a fishing standpoint that, you know, when you're dredging, you know, they, they kind of walk through, you know, uh, fishing for, for shrimp and, and shellfish in, in the Gulf of Mexico and whatnot and, and trawling and what that does and how that kind of really rips up the, the ocean floor and, and what that does to um, you know, uh, ocean, ocean plants that have the ability to, you know, capture carbon, just that's, that's what they do. And if you start screwing with that system that, uh, you can have some major, major impacts and, and what, how does that affect the biodiversity? How does that affect, um, you know, the ability for the planet to absorb some of the carbon naturally that, that would be, you know, occurring anyway, but we're, we're kind of, as a as a species, we're kind of throwing that out of whack a little bit. But but sea spiracy, you know, it touches on planetary boundaries without necessarily touching on planetary boundaries. But it did bring up you know a whole host of other things. Um, you know, shark finning was something that really was interesting to me, and and you know what that does from from the hierarchy in the ocean as far as you know sharks being kind of apex predators and what that does. Um, you know, removing those predators from the top of the food chain. What does that do? We've seen that actually in the Great Lakes and Lake Michigan a little bit when you've got um, invasive species that are that are able to grow unchecked. What are the unintended consequences of shark, uh, shark finning and, and, and bycatch and that type of stuff? So interesting, you know, somewhat of a relevant 
topic to kind of get into, but I'd encourage anybody to, you know that hasn't seen it to uh, to watch it and draw your own conclusions. There's you know every I feel like every documentary's got um, some type of agenda, some type of angle, right? Um, and and I'm sure that these guys do as well too. But um, it did it was informative from the standpoint that it kind of gave me a couple of ideas to, similar to you, where you hadn't heard of planetary boundaries. I had never heard of bycatch before, and that was kind of a new uh, a new topic to kind of dig into a little bit. So. Yeah, and and you recommended that to me last time, and I I haven't been able to to pull it up while I've been out of the country, but it's certainly on my my list to to capture again in the next couple of weeks. So maybe we'll circle back around to it as as I have a chance to get get caught back up, and maybe you have a chance to watch it again. Well, it sounds it sounds like you've got a solid uh, seven to seven to nine hours in the air tomorrow, so maybe you might <laughs> <want to> download it. <laughs> Maybe I should, although there's some uh, some geolocation problems of trying to download uh, Netflix uh, on, on where I'm yeah. sitting here. But, That's, I wish uh, they, I wish that's something that we, like people should like figure out. I've I've had this problem with like Hulu as well too. It's like okay, I move, I go to Florida. We were in Florida, you know, for uh, right over Christmas break after after New Year's, and I've got to sign out of and sign into Hulu, and Hulu's like, well, you can only do this two more times. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not stealing anything. I'm like, it's my account. I should be able to it's take my, it. Anywhere. It's my password. It's me. You're <laughs> texting me. Exactly. Yeah. Let's get it. Maybe that's the tenth planetary boundary. We'll figure that's, out. That's yeah. Figuring out how to figure how to, how to figure out and fix the geolocation issues with all of our streaming uh, services for sure. Um, another another topic, I guess. Uh, well, the topic of of uh, microplastics seem to be in the news on a pretty regular basis. PFAS, uh, for those of you that are in the know, um, there was that topic is, I guess, relevant a little bit more recently because we actually saw uh, some articles come out this week about uh, dollars being dispersed out from the federal government there was um you may some of you might recall that there was a, a water infrastructure act that was passed in 2021 uh kind of the fourth quarter of 2021 by president biden it was called the american rescue plan and bipartisan infrastructure law um, and what that bill did uh, it allowed for 50 billion dollars um, vis-a-vis the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency for water projects. And, it, and at the time, this is, I'm just pulling this from uh, the press release, is the single largest investment in water that the federal government has ever made, uh, according to a memo from Assistant EPA Administrator, Radika Fox. Um, but we've started to see a little bit of that um, trickle into the system uh, at this point. Uh, there was an article here locally where uh, one of our congressmen, uh, Brad Schneider announced, uh, I think it was about $100 million or so. Um, I probably got that wrong. But you saw articles come out, you know, locally here in the Chicago area. You saw um, an announcement from Maryland. I saw I saw a piece out of North Carolina. There was like $200 million worth of water infrastructure kind of being dispersed uh, as part of this as part of this act. So it's exciting to see. Um, particularly because, you know, again, we had another water main break down the street from, uh, from me, which was, uh, again, a, a pretty common. <laughs> is, is it your neighborhood or is it everywhere, Jeff? It's, it's everywhere. I mean, you know, I, I, I didn't actually, I didn't even do that, but if you did a Google search or, or pick your, maybe I should do a chat GPT or query on, uh, on how many water main breaks actually take place, but it is, it is a pretty common phenomenon, unfortunately, but. Um, just, you know, again, just kind of underscoring the fact that we've kicked the can uh, for a long, long time. I remember when I first started talking about water and water infrastructure. This is back 
2005, I was working for a company uh, that they, they, they were doing some thematic things as well too. And they ended up uh, partnering with a firm out of Philadelphia that had a lot of expertise in water. And it, it, it was a, it was a very big talking uh, story, a big story back in 2005. And I remember some of the feedback that I would get from advisors that I was working with was that, ah, this is, you know, this has been a story for a long, long time and it's never, you know, it's never seems to really get fixed. And it seemed like there was some, uh, some momentum towards, you know, f f investing in water and investing in water infrastructure, et cetera. But it seems like uh, because of the GFC that ended up just getting, you know, the, the can just ended up getting kicked down the road. And now we've kind of gotten ourselves to a point where, um, you know, all of those pipes and those filtration pieces and all that type of stuff, it's now, you know, it's now 15 years later, 15 years. You got to fix them one at a time. It was, I mean, we were talking about this when I went to Burns Steakhouse in Tampa in 2005, and here I am going to, <laughs> you know, and it's still, the problems are still the same, you know. Um, but it's nice to finally see that some dollars are actually getting dispersed, right? And and some things are being done. It probably is a uh, a proverbial, you know, uh, what am I looking at? It's, it's, it's just a, a drip on a waterfall, basically, and kind of what we need to do. All these water references. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. I was, I was in the water, actually, on Monday, and I couldn't help but thinking about Jaws, honestly, when I was sitting in the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> but... Well, Maybe maybe we should take a minute and, and just define what what PFOS is, since you said those in the know, and, and maybe for for those that are are listening and somewhere along their journey, PFOS is a forever chemical that uh, is used for fire extinguishing and and in other industrial uh, processes. That once it sort of gets out in the environment, it's it's hard to contain. So to, to keep it from um, getting into the water table and being ingested, it, it needs to be filtered out. Uh, and and so um, one of the things that, that I did probably in the last six months is I went to my um, municipal water district on their webpage and, and looked in, in their frequently asked questions to see if they had any disclosures about PFOS. And in fact, they did. And they said that uh, at least where I'm living, they haven't detected it in the water system yet. Um, but I think depending upon where you are and, and generally in, in some more urban areas, although it can be about anywhere, that, that PFOS is something you're probably going to hear. If you, if you haven't heard of it before, now that you're aware of it, the, the recency bias, you'll probably start to see it some more. So yeah, uh, that's maybe that's our good tip of the day to sort of educate people on, on what that acronym means. So the, uh, the and I will mispronounce this, I'm sure, but polyfluoral alkyl, I'm, I know I'm screwing that up, uh, polyfluoral Alkyl, alkyl substances and per perfluoral alkyl substances um, are found in a wide variety of consumer products, including cosmetics, cleansers, and firefighting foams. I know that uh, the, you know the nonstick pans that were so popular in the eighties and nineties. That was a big source of uh, PFAS and, and those microplastics that are getting into the water system now. Um, you know, in I guess according to the Weather Channel, there was a um, there was a report that they did, but now PFAS are, be, are found in every every continent on Earth at this point, um, and even uh, by I guess by and large, there's a, a a very high percentage of living organisms, both humans and animals as well too. Like I think about this, like with my dog, um, you know, we don't always I don't always give her the, the the filtered water. I'm probably a bad pet owner for that, but um, there's a good chance you know that that she has PFLA, uh, microplastics you know circulating in her body i know it's uh, there's it's pretty well documented that in the chicagoland area that there are 
um, you know, there are PFAS problems in different pockets, particularly, but it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a major, major problem. And, and, you know, part of the issue is one, it's going to be an, a very, very expensive remediation process, um, to, to tackle, um, and who has to pay for that and how does it get paid for? And I don't know, it's just one of those issues where it's like, man, you just, you kind of, you do want to, you know, tuck your head and just, you know, be the ostrich, I guess, in the, uh, in that proverbial type, uh, type situation but the reality is we can't afford to right so so while 50 billion is a good thing to do from from the onset um there's probably going to be 10 to 20x of that that's actually needed to uh to to help with the remediation not only of the microplastics but also to you know to continue to increase the um uh, increase and upgrade uh the water infrastructure that we see both domestically um outside of the united states there's some some pretty interesting charts uh from our world and data that talk about the just the accessibility of water uh for those in sub-saharan africa um you know the ability for um you know from a from a hygiene standpoint and from a mortality standpoint just like what um, what clean water means to different parts of the world and how that you know particularly in sub-saharan africa and, and uh, parts of asia where um, water is just not accessible and yeah it's a it's a it's it's definitely a big issue it's a big challenge what what has there been much talk in while you've been over in london uh about water there i guess greg i know i saw something about france having some water rationing potentially because of the drought that uh, that they've been going through but any what's the what's the talk about water in in london uh, you know, haven't heard as much in, in London itself. Um, I, I thought it was interesting that uh, there was a, a breakdown in my Swiss hotel. There was a breakdown. The water is drinkable and it had, you know, down to the, the last micronutrients that, that you're going to find in, in the drinkable Swiss water. So that seemed very um, on brand for the, the watchmakers and, and chocolatiers to, yeah. uh, to have that breakdown of, of water. But what's interesting is there, there isn't snow in the Alps. So, you know, we in the United States um, are familiar with the drought in the West, Western United States and, you know, California, it's been feast or famine. So obviously there, there've been flooding, uh, you know, five feet of snow in some areas in the Sierra Nevadas in, in California, but in, in France and in areas uh, in the Alps, they just aren't getting snow. So no snowpack um, already. Uh, last summer, there were forest fires, um, you know, record high temperatures, uh, and there were water rationing. And typically, they have a significant snowpack that that helps them in the winter into the spring. Didn't see any of that. And I know the uh, the ski resorts there have been have been suffering, and it's been hit or miss as they've gotten a, a, a snowstorm moving through. But uh, significant, pretty significant to to take an eye on. And so lots of discussions there. And as uh, you know, I mentioned that some of the meetings that I had during the week, uh, and some of those were around uh, not only water, but the, the blue economy. So most yep. of us are familiar with the green economy, but uh, the blue economy is all around water, um, and particularly around the oceans. And you know, going back to the the documentary that you were talking about, and and others, how do how do we as a society, as a as a culture, how, how do we become better stewards of the ocean? And yeah. uh, so, you know, these kind of bio, and biodiversity is a huge conversation that we're going through, and that's certainly on the land and and under the sea and and, and in the or <laughs> underwater. I guess it's both fresh and right. and the sea, but you know, huge concepts, and and I think we're hearing more about it, or at least I'm reading more about it. So I'm sure yeah. we'll cover it on on a future podcast. And Joe, I, I I feel like we'd be remiss a little bit if we didn't talk about it and go back to the planetary boundaries really quickly. And you know, there are nine of them. And if you really study the graph that, that uh, is in that weekend read, 
we're, we've reached at least five of them on the planetary boundaries. So um, something to continue for us to, to talk about, um, ponder, and, and really call out. Yeah. Yeah, the, I, I, I totally agree, Greg. I think the, I, you know, where, where my head um, kind of goes to um, th that is non non-political or at least less political. I feel like we've had a lot of discussions. I've had a lot of discussions with allocators of capital, um, be it, you know, advisors, family offices, institutional investors, but I've had a lot of discussions around, you know, solar, wind, battery storage, that type of stuff. Uh, I've had a lot of discussions with groups around uh, oil and gas and, um, you know, using fossil fuels for energy, and those are those are kind of, those can be polarizing topics, I guess, for people. Um, I think where water is a little less of a polarizing topic, it's not it's it's non negotiable. You can't it, it's not you know it doesn't water doesn't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat or wherever you fall on the political spectrum. It's like everybody needs water. I mean, that's kind of what it boils down to. So it's less of a it's less of a of a, of a political football than maybe some of the energy stuff. And that's, I, I think that's probably where my head is, hey, let's, let's all, you know, let's all coalesce around this idea that we need to, we need to get water uh, squared away from people. We need to get solutions squared away with people. So even the, 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 the staunchest Republicans and the staunchest environmentalists can, you know, can, can agree that we need to, uh, we need to do a better job of, of taking care of, of what we have and figuring out ways that we can, um, Maybe even reuse and utilize some of the things that uh, that we've taken for granted for a bit. So I'm uh, I'm excited. I enjoy talking well said. about well the, water, said, yeah. the water stuff and uh, another uh, another big ocean uh, ocean conservation. This is Eddie Vedder. So I'm always uh, if I can get on the same page politically as Eddie Vedder, it's uh, it's it's a cool thing. So um, I think that's about it as far as this week's episode go. Anything? Uh, any final uh, parting comments you wanted to uh, you wanted to hit on at all, Greg? Before we hang it up? No, no, Joe. But this is number four. I really look forward to these. I, I enjoy it. I, I, you know, we've gotten a few hits. We've gotten a few people that have sent us email messages or, or texts, sort of encouraging us. So feel free to do that. Feel free to give us feedback. Feel free to make some comments. Feel free to suggest topics we should cover in the future. Yeah, I just I just hope people kind of come on this sustainability journey with us, and as we learn, we'll share, and as you learn, share with us, and we'll all move on forward. Yeah, yeah, well, well said, Greg. Yeah, yeah, have a have a good, safe trip home tomorrow. Um, if you uh, if there's a way to download any of those uh, those, those uh, cited pieces, even if you can download Ghostbusters just to rewatch uh, <laughs> in some capacity, uh, it's good to go back. I've, I've, I'm trying to do that with my girls uh, a little bit to get them to watch a couple of the old uh, you know a couple of the old the movies classics. from the 80s and 90s. Yeah, we watched Fletch uh, just about a week or so ago. It didn't hit me as well as it did back when I was a kid, but maybe it's just me. Just like the restaurant, Joe. You yeah. Know, you've matured. You've matured and changed over the years. Good some, for you. Some things, should, some things should remain in the past, I guess, right? All right, Joe. Thanks so much. Appreciate All it. Right. Greg, we'll see you soon. See you, everybody. Okay. Take care. Thank you for joining us, and stay tuned for our next episode. Have topics you want covered or other feedback to share? Write us at info at ecofininvest.com. Nothing contained in this communication constitutes tax, legal, or investment advice. Investors must consult their tax advisor or legal counsel for advice and information concerning their particular situation. This podcast contains certain statements that may include forward-looking statements. All statements other than statements of historical fact included herein are forward-looking statements. 
Although we believe that the expectations reflected in these forward-looking statements are reasonable, they do involve assumptions, risks, and uncertainties, and these expectations may prove to be incorrect. Actual events could differ materially from those anticipated in these forward-looking statements as a result of a variety of factors. You should not place undue reliance on these forward-looking statements. This podcast reflects our views and opinions as of the date herein, which are subject to change at any time based on market and other conditions. We disclaim any responsibility to update these views. These views should not be relied on as investment advice or an indication of trading intention. Discussion or analysis of any specific company-related news or investment sectors are meant primarily as a result of recent newsworthy events surrounding those companies or by way of providing updates on certain sectors of the market.